Hello and welcome to the First and Ten Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Phelps, here in Bloomington, Indiana. I'm back at school after a nice little trip home over the weekend. Uh, always good to get back to Indianapolis. Uh, we're back, and we had a whole week of Big Ten football in between. It's some interesting stuff to talk about this week. Here to break it all down with me is Reed Murray. Reed, what's going on? Um, I'll tell you what's going on. The U.S. men's national soccer team is playing poorly. They're down to Costa Rica right now, but yeah. <laughs> um, once again, we always make this stupid little cliche joke. Let's talk about a different kind of football. Uh, oh, oh, he said it. Talk about. He said it. <laughs> big uh, potential game of the season to talk about. Lots of exciting stuff. Yeah. Football in the Midwest. Yeah, well, football's coming home to the Midwest. Uh, thank you. But anyway, I, I think my big thing this week I'm going to get into in a minute and it's that game of the year you talked about. I don't know if it's game of the year, but it was certainly one of the biggest games in the Big Ten we'll see this season. But, Reed, first, what's your trivia question this week? So, Ohio State this week, big – I guess it wasn't quite a bounce back because they had already got a couple wins, but definitely a statement win against Maryland where they showed we can slap some fools around, actually put up a ton of points on the board, um, and we're showing that, you know – we are Ohio State once again. Final score of that game was 66-17. My question is, when was the last time Ohio State put up 66 or more points on an opponent? Who was that opponent, and when did the game take place? That's a good question. Reed, I think I might have an answer, but uh, there are a couple <laughs> ways you could go here. Uh, we'll have your answer at the end of the show. Keep that in mind. Anyway, let's get into our full episode here. My big thing this week. My big thing this week is excuses, and I think that there should be none of them. A lot of people after this Iowa-Penn State game, there have been a lot of complaints on both sides. Iowa fans, coaches have been complaining about, you know, Penn State uh, allegedly faking injuries. Uh, You know, Penn State people have retorted to that. Penn State people are saying, if Clifford never gets hurt, we win this game. And there has been a lot of vitriol. My thing, no excuses. Iowa won the game. If you're Iowa and you want to be respected this season, I think you move on. You won the game, handle your business next week against Purdue. And if you're Penn State, move on too. The game is over. No need to respond to them, you know, claiming that your players are faking injuries. It's number one, unprofessional from Iowa. Uh, And number two, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of Penn State fans online talking about, oh, if Clifford never gets hurt, we win. If Clifford never gets hurt, we win. That might be true, but that's not what happened you know, it's best to move on, forget about this game and, you know, move on with your season. Like I said, Uh, no, no more excuses from either of these teams. Uh, It's time to put up or shut up. Uh, Iowa, maybe you caught a break, not getting a healthy Sean Clifford for this game and getting to go up against a backup quarterback who played poorly. Uh, In Penn state, you got unlucky, but either way you, either side of this coin, you have to move on because, that's football. Sometimes you get an unlucky break and uh, dwelling on it and complaining about it is not going to change the result of the game. You know, I I have a similar take. I don't know that that it's the exact same take, but I think this team gave me a negative impression of both of these teams. I did too. Less of each of these teams after this game. First of all, you look at Penn state, um, they they're in this game early on controlling absolutely dominant bio. Then Sean Clifford goes down. 
um, and the team sort of declines. I am completely of the opinion that a healthy Sean Clifford through four quarters beats this Iowa team. By I agree. I, I agree. I agree. But I think if you're Penn State, you can't just you can't keep. You know, if you if you keep saying that, you're going to go crazy. Like you just got to move on, right? Yeah. Well, that, that's that's also uh, part of what I'm getting to here is that mm-hmm. at the end of the day, John Clifford wasn't healthy the entire game. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you have to be able to adapt. And I'm not saying that your backup quarterback has to be just as good or better than your starter. That's not what I'm saying at all. But Roberson has to be better. And if he's not, mm-hmm. then some of his teammates have to step up. There was just it seemed like one thing went wrong, and and Penn State their entire offense shut down. There was little ability to adapt in this game. And in order to be a playoff team or a Big Ten championship winning team or a national championship contending team, you have to be able to adapt. And losing one player, that can't completely destroy your entire team and your entire Mm -hmm. threat to win a game like this. You have to be able to adapt to things like that, especially when Sean Clifford, of course, he's had a pretty good season this year. But last year, he was not the guy. He he had a rough last season. He's clearly not a perfect quarterback. So especially a guy like him, you can't have Sean Clifford going down being the end of days for your team that's just not how you go to the playoff that's not how you win big tens and especially when you have that mindset that's not an elite mindset to have no it's not and with with Clifford in particular you know this is a guy who if you told me coming into the season that yeah Penn State without Sean Clifford is is horrible they're they're just a, a complete mess of a team versus Penn State with Sean Clifford uh looks like an elite elite football club um I wouldn't have believed you so uh, but Taquan Robinson or Roberson, excuse me, you know, it's not his fault that he got thrown into, you know, the action in such an immediate way. And that, you know, this was the biggest game of the season on the road at Iowa. It's a really tough situation for a quarterback to be thrown into. I don't envy him. With that being said, he has to be better. And he's playing this week against Illinois. Luckily, it's against Illinois if you're Penn State and at home. But he has to be better. He, he was just brutal out there Saturday he I don't think he made one good throw one good decision all afternoon it was just poor decision poor throw after poor throw uh and Penn State ultimately lost the game I believe because of it now again it's not entirely his fault he probably wasn't expecting to play but you have to be ready you have to be more prepared and you have to play better like that than that on the national stage on on the biggest stage in the Big Ten through number three versus number four in the country you just have to be better. Um, flat out, straight up, you can't play like that and expect to win. Yeah, and I think especially talking about Sean Clifford, how poor he was last season. Going into this year, there were some questions about whether or not Sean Clifford would be the day one starter. He ended mm-hmm. up getting that job, but there were uh, rumblings and talks about Roberson getting that job. If you're preparing this offseason to potentially be the starting quarterback, you have to, at the very least, be expecting to – have a chance to come in at any moment you have to be ready for that you have to play ready you have to play as if you were ready he didn't look ready at all he looked i, I don't want to be disrespectful but he, yeah. he looked incompetent at, at many points in this game yeah. again, again it's not, not ideal entirely his fault back yeah. back, but again you no, do exactly. have to be a little more prepared you have to be more you have to be more ready for a big moment like that he didn't look ready for that moment I can't think of a worse situation to be thrown into other than a postseason situation but you know as far as regular season games go that's about the toughest one you could ask for absolutely yeah and you have to be fair to him again yeah mm-hmm. clearly not a situation anyone would want to be put into but the backup quarterback at a school like Penn State you have to prepare for that you have to right. go into the game expecting that to happen and maybe he was prepared. he just wasn't good enough um, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that he just wasn't ready for the moment and he'll come back stronger next time but 
what we saw from him, that's just if Sean Clifford is out long term, he's not going to be a, a good solution if what he did last week carries over. In the right. Future. And what what we saw today at Penn State practice on Wednesday, it looks like Clifford won't be out there this week. Lucky for them, they're playing Illinois, who in their game against Wisconsin looked like one of the most incompetent teams in the entire country. Um, they, they look like a laughing stock and Penn State could be Penn State could be playing Reed at quarterback. And I think they'd have a pretty good shot at, at winning. Uh, in fact, I think they would win, but that's, that's more of a vote of confidence in Reed than it is anything else. Uh, I don't care who's starting at quarterback for Penn State. They're going to take care of business this week. Um, but going forward into the season, they've still got Michigan State, Michigan and Ohio State on the calendar. Yeah, if you don't have those guys, if you don't have Sean Clifford for those games, I think you're in trouble. You know, I, I'm starting to realize with this Sean Clifford injury, that's probably the – let me tell you exactly how Ohio State season is going to go, or at least how I am foreseeing it going, is – a Roberson-led Penn State team is going to come into the shoe. And I, I want to knock on wood here because you never want to guarantee anything. But I'm just going to – I'm just saying, and this is a pessimistic Ohio State take. A Roberson-led, not at the top of their game Penn State team comes into the shoe and loses. Ohio State wins out. They're a one-loss team with a pretty quality loss to Oregon early in the season. And they've improved as the year has gone on. They go on and win the Big Ten. That gets them – into the playoff, and then they get shellacked by Georgia. And then everyone says, of course, there'll, there'll be speculation going into the, before they get selected to that playoff. They're going to say, oh, the Penn State game, it wasn't a good Penn State team. The only good team they played this year was Oregon. They lost to them. They shouldn't be in the playoff. And they're going to go into the playoff. They're going to lose to Oregon. And those critics are going to appear to be right. I can, I see, can it. see it coming from a mile it. away. I can see it too. Um, that makes a lot of sense. But that's how it goes. I've seen and this it, movie before. Yeah, I uh, I think I've seen this one too, once or twice. That that does that seems like about right for this Ohio State team. But for now, things seem to be looking up in Columbus. That's another big takeaway this week: is the young guys are leading the way for Ohio State. Um, obviously, there are some experienced players on this roster. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at the offensive side of the football where they've been so strong the last couple of weeks. Uh, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, they've been around the block, but. The three guys who have been excellent this season, in my mind, Travion Henderson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and of course, the quarterback, CJ Stroud. Ohio State has had a player win the Big Ten Freshman of the Week every single week this season, which if there's any team in the country that could do it, it's them, especially with as strong of a recruiting class as they had in 2021. So, and in 2022. But yeah, these young guys for Ohio State are awesome and they're contributing right now. So, and the least surprising news ever, the future is bright in Columbus. And, well, the present is bright, too. So, definitely a lot to look forward to with this Ohio State offense. Seems like they're finally starting to click. It feels like Stroud's gotten a better feel for the game. And uh, a couple games into the season, uh, definite, definitely a good sign if you're a Buckeye fan. For sure. This is definitely these last two weeks. Seeing Ohio State, especially after that Tulsa game, you think, you know, after the Oregon loss, they're going to go take care of business against Tulsa. This is going to be a good win to turn the season around. All of a sudden, you're going into the fourth quarter against Tulsa, and it's a one-score game, and Tulsa's got the ball. That's not a good sign at all, especially Tulsa, a team who lost to an FCS opponent. You play that Tulsa game thinking this is going to be the perfect bounce back, and Ohio State looks weak. Now they go into two of the weaker Big Ten opponents, and they completely are dominant from start to finish. 
extremely positive sign for Ohio State fans that this season could be turning around. And I think a lot of it is just C.J. Stroud looking more comfortable, like you said. He looks more ready to be the starting quarterback mm-hmm. at Ohio State, and that's huge. Yeah, I agree. He's he's definitely in the moment now, and that's big for them, particularly going into this stretch of the season where they've still got a lot of conference games and division games left at Indiana in two weeks after the bye. Uh, then they still got Michigan State, uh, Penn State, and, of course, the team up north. So uh, definitely good for Ohio State to, to be hitting their stride right now with Stroud, a quarterback, winning the Big Ten Player of the Week as a freshman – or freshman Player of the Week, excuse me. Uh, but, yeah, uh, these young guys for Ohio State – Definitely making some noise. For sure. And one thing I want to, I want to throw the conversation back to is Iowa because okay. we, we talked we talked about Penn State in this game. Didn't get to talk as much about Iowa. I think first and foremost, we need to establish Iowa's not the number two team in the country. No, they're not. They're number they not have a all. great let's be clear, they have a great resume. They're undefeated. This is not the second best team in college football. Yeah, terrific resume, but resumes, I think they're important. They're a huge Thing that I consider they're pretty much what my entire cat rankings are based off but uh resume doesn't tell the entire story with this Iowa team um if, if you watch this game and again no excuses to be made at all Penn State um I'm not going to give them any sort of mercy here but Penn State did deserve to win that game they were the better team or maybe they didn't deserve to win but they were the better football team and I think they established that here uh, and of course an unfortunate injury hit them and I think at the end of the day um better team or not coming out with a win is something that's important and they didn't do it but um, I think neither team deserved to win because Penn State, they shot themselves in the foot as they seem to do a little more often than Penn State fans would hope. And Iowa just didn't look as strong as Penn State. And at the end of the day, I'm not going to complain about it because first of all, and, and this is me thinking as an Ohio State fan, Ohio State, the Big Ten Championship, and they've got you know number two, number three, Iowa, who's maybe undefeated. That's an unbelievably good win. But second mm-hmm. of all, this year is the season for chaos. We've seen it before. We, we saw, I mean, Colorado State was playing Iowa in a close game. They only lost by 10 points. It was, they were up at the half against Iowa. So Iowa definitely can lose to some bad teams. Look at the rest of their schedule. Purdue next week. That's going to keep an eye on. I'm not saying Purdue's going to win. Definitely keep an eye on that one, though. Wisconsin, they've looked rough this season. But they're at home against Iowa. It's a game. It's a little bit of a rivalry. Definitely still some talented players on this Wisconsin team. It's not like they're just a bunch of scrubs. Of course, they haven't played well this year, but – there is talent on that roster. So that's a game to keep an eye on. Northwestern, I would be shocked if Northwestern won that game. So we're going to move past that one. Minnesota, potentially Minnesota could win that one if, if the mojo is right for that game. Illinois couldn't see it happening. Nebraska could see it happening. Um, Iowa can lose a game this season. And I think especially with them being the number two team in the country, it's the chaos year. And I think this is just – adding fuel to the fire that this is just 2007 reincarnated with mm-hmm. two seeds losing or because uh, that was the theme of that 2007 season the number two team always lost Iowa yes. I think I'd be surprised I think it's possible but I'd be pretty surprised if they finish the season 12 and 0 I think that'd I be too. it's perfect for the chaos it's perfect for team chaos I think Purdue could definitely pull it off this week Absolutely. I am not saying I'm not saying Purdue and we're going to get into this later this week. I'm not saying Purdue's going to win this game. Purdue can win this game. Purdue has a shot to win this game. Purdue kind of sort of Purdue kind of sort of owns them. Like, and and you know, you know me, I'm not, I'm not Mr. Purdue, but Purdue (laughs) has played very well against Iowa in the last couple of years. All I'm saying. Absolutely true. Spoiler maker special. All I'm saying. Uh, Reed, another big takeaway from you this week. 
Well, just to finish, just sort of wrap up this Iowa takeaway, it's just that, especially early in this game, Iowa had so many opportunities to go up early. They had, they had, they intercepted the ball. They had it within their 10 yard line and they couldn't get a touchdown out of it. They had so many opportunities to go up early on Penn state and so many opportunities to establish themselves in this game. And early on Penn state, it looked like it was going to be a blowout in their favor. That's not what the number two team in the country does. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. That's not what you do as a team ranked that highly. And that's a big reason why I say they're not the number two team in the country. They, they proved that they were, they were given chances to go ahead against Penn state. They couldn't take them. Not that they wouldn't take them. They could not take them. Mm-hmm. They proved to be the weaker side over and over again. And of course, you know, being able to, to win late and come up with a good drive late, that's important. But at the end of the day, they should not have been in the situation they were in. They should have been up or at least been tied at the point that Sean Clifford went down. When you consider all the opportunities they were given early in the game, turnovers, mistakes from Penn State, good field position that they had. It should have been a closer ball game by the time Sean Clifford went down. And once he did, Iowa should have ran away with this game, and they didn't. They had to win a close one against the Penn State team that their, their offensive play was pretty much non-existent with Roberson at quarterback. So Iowa – I mean, I know their fans are really excited. How could you not be? If you're the number two team in the country, for a team like Iowa, who's typically a 7-5, 8-4 of course you're going to be completely on cloud nine right now, but I'd be a little worried right now if I was a Hawkeye fan. I would too. I mean, there's impending doom. That's been the and type it's of gonna season. Look ugly. It's going to look exactly like the Ohio State losses to Iowa and Purdue. They, I feel like they are going to become the laughing stock of college football if they drop this Purdue game or if they drop the game against Minnesota, something like that. Mm-hmm. Something is going to happen. I, I think I'm with you, Reed. I don't know when you do that. Thou, thou shall not know the hour, but it's coming. <laughs> Some, something is going to happen. I, I agree. I, I don't think they're going to, they're going to stay undefeated for long. That's just been the season we've seen. And I don't know if any team's going to finish the season undefeated. Uh, it's been a chaotic season and I'm absolutely here for it. Reed, anything else from you in terms of your biggest takeaways of the week? I will say I did underrate Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I agree. I still don't think they're good. I'm not going to concede that, but I did underrate them. Mm-hmm. They were this close to being a four and three football team going into this episode. I had them at two and 10 in the off season. I, I think there are, can I say, can I say something? There are a couple of plays away from being undefeated. And obviously a couple of plays away if, you know, that's a whole lot of ifs and buts, but listen, this is a team that's had a lot of fight ever since that Illinois game. They really came out flat against Illinois every other game they haven't been able to pull them off and this, this is a team that under Scott Frost has really struggled in one score games and one possession games and this season hasn't been a whole lot better but with that being said they've come close against some damn good teams eh. they came they came pretty close against Michigan State against they came Oklahoma. close against Michigan I Oklahoma here's the thing though is Oklahoma a damn good team? I think Oklahoma is – they're the biggest frauds uh, in college football. I agree that they're fraudulent, but they're still Oklahoma. And that's Which still means something games. that Nebraska was close with them. It, listen, not, it does mean there. something because this is – that's what, number one, that's a rivalry game. And number two, that's a game everybody and their cousin thought Oklahoma was going to win by 50 points. I'm not, I don't know if it was that extreme. I know we thought they were going to win by 50 points. I think, I think everyone and their cousin thought it was going to around 20. I think just – well, maybe not 50 literally, but, you know – a lot is the answer. Everybody thought Oklahoma was going to blow them out. That's and they true. didn't. 
Nebraska's shown a lot of fight this season, and credit to them. I don't think Scott Frost, no matter what the final result is this season, gets canned. I think he's. I think he ends up getting at least another year or two, uh, simply because of the fact that the team looks competent and the team looks like they're trying and they're they don't look dead out there on the field. It, it looks like they're they're at least coming close and and playing good solid football. So credit where credit's due. Yeah, I'll agree with that. But I also want to say that I, I think this game tells us a little bit more about Michigan than it does about Michigan State. Michigan early lead in this game had a chance to not give Nebraska a chance at all. They let Nebraska into this game. They opened the door to get to get upset here. And just like what I was saying about Iowa, if I was a Michigan fan, I would be shaking in my boots right now. They still have to play Michigan State, Penn State, and Ohio State. Some people are saying, can Michigan – I mean, the ESPN uh, FPI, which I don't trust at all, gave Michigan, I think, a approximately 50% chance of making the playoff right now. That is the dumbest thing yeah, I've ever read. I feel like That's yeah, the yeah, dumbest I, thing I've ever read. Yeah, I don't think I've ever read anything stupider than that, but – there. What, what's but, the what's the set set quote? I don't think I've ever heard something dumber than that. Yeah, I don't think right? I've ever heard something dumber than that. My, yeah. my the one I like. Yeah, the FBI does that stuff all the time. An, yeah. an old uh, tweet from you that said, "Not sure a worse opinion exists." <laughs> I had to pull that one out uh, in response to a comment about your boy Ricardo Pepe on the U.S. men's national team. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I think there's not there are not many worse opinions than Michigan has a 50-50 shot to make the playoff <laughs> this year because they have. Three teams on their schedule, I think they will lose to. I think they lose to it at the very least one of them. I would be shocked if they win two out of those three, though. Um, I would be honestly pretty surprised if they win any of those three games. But that's that's sort of beside the point. The point is more that I think I think there should be five Big Ten teams in the top ten right now, just because who else can go in the top ten? There's been a lot of teams who have bad losses on their schedule. They just have the best resumes, but. I think to say – I saw a post that says, which conference is more likely to have two playoff teams, SEC or Big Ten? It says, oh, well, the Big Ten has two – has uh, five top ten teams, SEC has two. Um, you know, obviously right now the Big Ten looks incredibly strong. First of all, four of those teams all have yet to play a single one of each other, and they all will play each other. Second of all, the only way anyone gets two playoff teams, in my opinion, is if Alabama wins the SEC against Georgia – um, is if Georgia goes 12-0 and and loses the SEC championship to Alabama. Both of those teams are in the playoff at that point. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's no way anyone's getting two teams in the playoff. That's just a fact of life. The only conference that can do it is the SEC. The Big Ten, no matter what the scenario is, they are not going to send two teams to the playoff unless there is twice the chaos that there is in this season. That's not going to happen. And I want to know from you, Patrick, because I think you look at some of Michigan State's results. Clearly, they're a team that deserves some respect. They deserve to be definitely ranked, ranked highly. Um, and right now, they should be in the top 10. But at the end of the season, where do you see it all shaking out? Where, where do you see Michigan State and Michigan? Or actually, really, any, all of the five ranked Big Ten teams right now, where do you see them being ranked end of the season? Well, one thing I think that is really interesting with the ranked teams in the Big Ten right now, you talk about – the Big Ten has half of the top 10 right now in college football, which is absolutely unheard of. Five of the top 10 teams in college football are in the Big Ten. That's insane. Even more interesting, the Big Ten doesn't have a single team ranked from uh, 11 to 25, but, which I think is an interesting uh, thing about this conference this year. And also for the teams in the top, for those five teams that the Big Ten has ranked are Big Ten East teams. Another point that you should remember. Uh, 
Indiana has also played six of the top 10 teams or has or will play six of the top 10 teams in college football right now. Anyway, enough about my little stats. Um, I can't really project with any of these teams right now. You know, this is usually the time of the year when we float out our first bowl projections. We start to get a feel for those. Um, I can't really do that right now because while there are some undefeateds, there are four undefeateds or three undefeateds in the Big Ten um, and five teams in the top ten, at the same time, this season has been so chaotic and so crazy. I can't really predict anything. I don't know what's going to happen next. Anything is possible in college football. It's been that kind of season. We all know that. The only thing that I know is going to happen is that Ohio State's going to beat Michigan at the end of November. That's hey, it. Hey, don't jinx me now. I'm not jinxing you. Hey, 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 hey. You know how much that game means to me. Come I on. know how much it means to you. Unsportsmanlike conduct. With that being said. Person 10. With that being said, I mean, that, that feels like a given. I don't care how good or bad the teams are. I have to see it before I believe it for Michigan. And, and I talk about Michigan. I feel like nine and three is, is probably in the cards for them. And I know if you, if you put your – at the end of the season, people are going to say if Michigan goes nine and three, they're going to say, oh, another nine and three season by Harbaugh. What a disappointment. Classic Michigan. Oh, Harbaugh. Um, Nine and three with this group would be really impressive. If they win more than eight games, I think this season, which it's starting to look like they almost certainly will. I think this is one of Harbaugh's best coaching jobs since he took the Michigan job. Um, Flat out. I thought this team was going to be straight up mediocre Um, and they still might be, but they're getting the results every single week. If they end up winning nine games, 10 games, going to a, a new year six bowl or a new year six caliber bowl, even a citrus bowl, I think that's a really impressive season for Michigan and, and one that Michigan fans should be proud of. And something I think that Harbaugh can build off of going forward. And from MSU, the fact that even just making a bowl in my mind would have been uh, something for them. Now they're playing with house money. I think Michigan state's playing with house money. And while, you know, it probably would be a disappointment if they only went like seven and five or something. Uh, the fact that they're already to this point of the season and, you know, they are undefeated. That's crazy. That's a really, 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 crazy thing for me to think about given what we thought we would see from this team this year um just an impressive season from them uh and one i didn't see coming everything else feels like gravy so yeah and anything else is extra i i think you can consider both of these seasons so far at least a success uh for michigan and michigan state how it finishes i don't know because that's college football yeah well for me just to sort of give my predictions um how things shake out because obviously we're not going to finish the season with five teams in the top 10 probably not unless no there's they're, all they all, kinds of losses from top teams ohio like, state the michigan michigan state and penn state all still have to play each other yeah all of them so i'm gonna go ahead and say here are gonna be my sort of hot take bold predictions i predicted earlier in the season that ohio state's gonna lose to michigan state and i stand by that i'm afraid of that happening and i can't I, I have the ability to go to the Ohio State Michigan State game and I'm considering not going because first of all, everyone on the show knows how superstitious I am. Last saw these two teams <laughs> play the week before Michigan. We lost in the most miserable football game I've ever gone to. It was a rainy day. Final score was I think 17-14. It was the Michigan State walk-off uh field goal. We gave Zeke the ball like 10 times that day when he should have had about 30 carries for a gazillion yards. We just for some reason decided, oh, let's not give the ball the best ball carrier in the country. Horrible, horrible day, and I'm fearful of that happening again. I am afraid of seeing the Spartans march into Ohio Stadium 
So I might be sitting on my couch for that one. I'm going to change that prediction, though, and I'm going to say Ohio State wins that game. Just because I, I like the trend Ohio State's on, I am going to regret this when we inevitably lose one or two more games because of the jinx, but I'm going to predict Ohio State wins out. I agree. One. I agree. I'm going to have Iowa at 11-1-2. I think they lose to – I mean, because their remaining schedule is not that hard. It's filled with games they can lose, but I don't, I don't think it's filled with games – Iowa, does, Iowa doesn't have a ranked team left. Iowa doesn't yeah, have I think a they lose left. one game just because I think that that's just what this team w- will do. I think they're capable and willing to screw it up. But I don't think they lose two. There, there's, there's about three losable games, but there's, there's, there's no way to lose all three of them. 11-1 Iowa. So, and I'll have Ohio State being Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. So that would put Ohio State at about number three or so in the nation. Iowa maybe six, five, six, seven. Yeah, I think Ohio I think State, no matter no matter what this season, unless it's a two loss or God forbid a three loss, the Big Ten's going to get a team into the playoff. I sure hope so. I mean, I I'm I'm not going to say other than Georgia making the playoff. I'm not going to say there's any guarantees this season, just because. And now that I've said that. And hopefully the jinx will work. Maybe Georgia will get jinxed. But um, <laughs> oh, but can you acknowledge the jinx? That's true. I feel like now that I've acknowledged it, it's not going to happen. Whatever. Mm. The jinx rules Maybe are double jinx. We will. Whatever. We will and have that, to see how we will watch it with great interest. Any non-superstitious first and ten listener must be so sick of us. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, that, that's beside the point. Um, I think other than Georgia making the playoff, there are zero guarantees. I was I would have said Alabama is a guarantee to make the playoff. Then they go and lose to unranked. And now, granted, they should be should be ranked now, but they go and lose on the road to unranked Texas A&M. So there are no guarantees. Ohio State could you know Indiana could turn it around, win three games against three ranked opponents. Then all three of those have has have a super outside chance to make the playoff. Then Iowa drops a game. Then they drop the big ten, and you have only two losses, only two lost teams. I think that's possible. Chaos can get even worse this season, or even I shouldn't say worse because we love chaos. Chaos could get wilder. But back to my predictions Penn State, I think they lose on the road to Ohio State. Other than that, they went out. They beat both Michigan State and Michigan, which leaves Michigan with two losses to Penn State and Ohio State. I'm also going to go go ahead and take the Spartans over the Wolverines in that game. So I have nine and three Michigan. I should have them finishing around 20th or so in the nation. Um, and Michigan State. I weirdly, and I do this every week, and I, I feel so bad doing this to you, Patrick. I weirdly want to take Indiana over Michigan State this week. No, that's okay. I, I've got a weird feeling about it, too. I, I have already but I, predicted but we, this. We talk about this every week. We get this weird, funky feeling that Indiana's going to do it every week. They don't. We had a weird feeling before the Penn State game didn't happen. We always yeah. get this weird feeling that never ends up happening. <laughs> I don't know. This, this but, week, I, um, I, we'll get into this in our preview. Yeah. This week, there are legitimate football reasons to predict it and to think they'll mm-hmm. play well. And I think they will play well. And I think they'll come close. I, I've already had to give a take a prediction for this game. I think Indiana loses by three. I had to give a prediction when I got interviewed in the uh, Michigan State student newspaper. Shout out to the state news, by the way. Um, but yeah, so uh, we'll see what happens this Saturday. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you look at this Michigan State schedule, I think they lose their last two games to Ohio State and Penn State. Maryland is losable. But when you consider what Ohio State just did to them and that Michigan took care of business against Rutgers, I don't think they lose that game. Purdue also losable, and it's on the road. Could be some funky stuff going on that one. I'll just put Michigan State at 9-3 and three or 10-2. and two. I think they could shock the world or at least shock the world in week one 
because no one would have seen them going 10-2 at that point of the year. I think they can go 10-2. and two. I think they can beat Michigan, um, drop two games. But, you know, you look at the rest of their schedule. They can beat Indiana. They can beat Purdue. They can beat Maryland. They also can lose any of those three games. But I think Michigan State finishes the season roughly about 13 or so in the country. So I think my sort of final rankings for each of these teams, I would have Ohio State at, let's say, three, Iowa at um, five, six, or seven, Penn State at like nine or so, Michigan State 13, 14, and then Michigan 20. So I think there's a little bit more shuffling around, but I think at the end of the year, you still have a solid four of highly ranked Big Ten teams that go to some pretty solid bowls. But there definitely is a drop-off in the conference this year. Once that, that mm-hmm. top five, there's a huge drop-off mm-hmm. where you have five great teams and then Indiana's sort of middle ground because I think they get screwed by a hard schedule this year. I think it's still a solid football team. Then you have Wisconsin, who uh, could be considered in that gray area, and then you just have a, a pretty big drop-off. But honestly, the Big Ten the Big Ten's kind of doing – the Big Ten in past years in, during the whole Big Ten SEC debate was we're the better conference top to bottom. This year, they're the inverse of that. They're yep. what the SEC used to be with five great teams and then just a bunch of muck below that. So definitely Big Ten fans who, who love to die on the top to bottom hill are going to have to change their perspective if they want to go toe-to-toe with some SEC fans. I but agree. Overall, the Big Ten, I would not consider this a down year for the Big Ten at all. This is like, I think this, this could end up being a great year for the conference as a mm-hmm. whole. And, the big and I think it could also be a great case for abolishing divisions because yes. Indiana, I mean, they, as like you said, have four top 10 teams um, left on their schedule. They will or, have played as of right now, four, four top 10 teams left on their schedule. And at the end of the year, they will have played six teams who are currently in the top 10. Yes. That's an unbelievably yeah. hard schedule. And, and the and four of those teams are in the big 10 East and they wouldn't, they're only playing them because they're in the East. So and, of course, it's not going to be Indiana that forces the Big Ten to make a big-picture change because I don't think they care about Indiana football that much. But at the end of the day, when you look at um, the Big Ten West with a great Iowa team and pretty not great below that, and then you look at the East stacked with talent, even the, the bottom feeders of the Big Ten East are pretty solid teams, that can make a great case for can we get rid of the East and West system. Because mm-hmm. the East has been overpowering the West ever since – the inception of that division system. Yeah, it's just unbalanced. It's completely unfair. And it's not just in Indiana that I think doesn't want the East and West. Do you think Ohio State wants a much tougher – like, look at the, the difference between Ohio State and Iowa. I mean, Iowa has no more ranked teams left, and Ohio State has a gauntlet left on their schedule. Well, I think, Ohio, think Ohio State gives a damn generally? Maybe this year, but in general, do you think Ohio State cares that their schedule is usually harder? Well, you know, won the Big I mean, four years in a row. I don't think they can. Well, yeah, but maybe not. Maybe Ohio State's the wrong example, but a Michigan or a Penn State. Oh, even an MSU. Yeah. Penn State hates it. Penn State would love yeah. to play Ohio State in Indianapolis and they'll never get the chance to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm with you. All right, Reed, anything else from you this week? Well, other than the answer to the trivia question, no. But uh, the last time to repeat Ohio State game this week, concluded with a final score of 66 17 the last That's a lot of points they beat by scoring 66 or more points was the maryland terrapins november 9th 2019 i was watching this game in a, a restaurant in huntsville alabama ohio state defeated maryland 73 14 similar score line you got to feel bad for maryland they have not done well going into the shoe historically they're winless against ohio state in their prims history 
you do have to feel bad for them when, when you consider their results against Ohio State, and this is another example of it. We don't mean to be cruel to any Maryland fans who may or may not be listening to this podcast. We were just scrambling for a trivia yeah. question <laughs> that was relevant to these this, this last week's games. And we got it. We got our trivia question. So that is your first and 10 trivia question of the week. Nothing else from me. Read anything else, any parting thoughts before we go? Um, watch the, or I guess if you're listening to this already, the game's already concluded, but go U.S. men's national team. I got the shirt on right now. USA. Um, yeah. USA, USA. USA. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of the first and 10. We'll see you later this week uh, to preview some more football games coming up this Saturday. We'll see you next time. Have a good one. Bye.